Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Freedom. Freedom, it's hard to miss the theme of freedom in our text this morning from John. Freedom is also a very slippery word. It can mean many different things for a lot of different people. For some, when you mention freedom, thoughts are conjured of the political realm. Freedom is about democracy, about the ability to choose our own representatives. Others will link freedom with economics. Freedom is about the free market. It's about having a great range of choices to place before consumers. Some people use the language of freedom to speak about their rights of self-determination. Freedom is about the ability to do whatever you want, to gratify your desires without being hindered or controlled. And since this is Reformation Sunday, it's useful to remember that freedom was a major concern of the Reformers. They wanted freedom from certain traditions and superstitions which Rome was commanding apart from God's Word. The Reformers insisted that many of Rome's precepts and regulations did not earn forgiveness or favor with God. One of Martin Luther's most famous writings is a little book that he wrote in 1520 called The Freedom of a Christian. He wrote it just before he was excommunicated. In fact, in our text, Jesus talks about this last kind of freedom, Christian freedom, the freedom that's offered through the gospel. We enter into the middle of a dispute between Jesus and the Judeans. The misunderstanding arises out of what does it mean to be free? When Jesus mentions slavery, the Jews think he's thinking he's talking about physical slavery. And of course, they forget the fact that they were once slaves in Egypt. But of course, our Lord was not speaking of physical slavery. He was speaking of spiritual slavery. And those who were there who understood what he was saying chose to deny their condition. And we see the same kind of denial today. People often refuse to accept the truth about themselves. If you were to go around suggesting to people that they are spiritually enslaved, they might just resist the idea. The more they enslaved they are, the more likely they are to resist being told the truth. The truth is that we're all sinners, all of us. When we talk about sin, we're not simply talking about specific deeds. Sin is far more than doing bad things, thinking bad thoughts, saying bad words. It goes much deeper than that. Sin is an underlying condition. It's like a chronic illness. Our thoughts, words, and deeds are a reflection of our own hearts. We are not sinners because we commit this or that sin. 
No, we sin in thought, word, and deed because we are sinners. Do you sin? Well, in case you're not sure, the commandments say that you do. Do you fear and love and trust in God above all things? Do you use God's name rightly in worship and prayer? Do you gladly hear and learn God's word? Do you honor your father and your mother and other temporal authorities? Do you help your neighbor in every bodily need? Do you keep marriage pure and do you stay chaste and encourage others to do the same? Do you help your neighbor to protect his property? Do you defend the reputation of others by always putting the best construction on everything? Do you desire what doesn't belong to you? Do you, are you content with what you have? And do you know what the worst part about all this is? Do you know what our problem is? We deny the truth about ourselves. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In other words, we can convince ourselves that there's nothing really wrong with us. All we need is some good advice, maybe read a self-help book or two, and then we'll be okay. Far too many people stubbornly persist in the delusion that humanity is fundamentally good. No. But you might say, surely our going to church and our charitable giving and my general all-around respectability is proof enough that we're good, right? No. Jesus says, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Sin is our master, and we joyfully do its bidding. And sin is the hardest of all taskmasters. There are only... The only wages that sin pays to its slaves are misery and disappointment in life and despair and hell in death. We are born enslaved to sin, captive to sin and death. We cannot free ourselves. We are stuck. And any attempts to free ourselves will only make the matter worse. If we're going to talk about true freedom, we need to realize that only slaves can be set free. And don't think that freedom from sin and death comes from within, from inside of you. You don't free yourself. You don't have it in you to free yourself. No, freedom does not come from within. It comes from outside of you. The key to freedom is the Lord Jesus Christ. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Out of His great mercy, the Son of God was sent down to us to become one of us, to join us in our humanity. The Son of God stood alongside slaves to set slaves free. We could not free ourselves. So the Son of God became one of us. He who was without sin committed himself to make restitution for the sins of the whole world. Jesus freely and willingly endured the agony of the cross to atone for sin. He paid what you owe. He paid it all with his blood. 
Today is the day. Freedom has come. Slaves have been set free. Freedom has come because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the most important news you can possibly hear. Your enemies of Satan, sin, and death have been defeated because of the crucified and risen Messiah. He was sent so that when we turn to God, we might receive freedom through Him. We are justified. We please God for the sake of Jesus, without merit on our part, freely through faith. The son became a slave so that the slave might become a son. And if the son sets you free, you'll be as free as free can be. And that son says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When the word of forgiveness and life is preached and taught, your Lord Christ wants you to hear it, learn it, trust it. Jesus sets us free from our slavery to sin, and he does so through the word. Continue in it. Abide in it. His word is the truth, and he works through it. Consider, the power of baptism to save doesn't belong to the water, but Christ's word with the water works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this. By his almighty word, Christ's body and blood are truly present and offered with the bread and the wine. Your sins are forgiven because Jesus Christ, our Lord, in His Word, has authorized His church to absolve all those who repent and believe. Whenever and wherever the Word comes to you, Christ is present. He's present to set you free. That's what Martin Luther discovered 503 years ago when he looked at the cross of Jesus for the first time in his life and saw mercy rather than merit. Instead of earning his salvation by by doing the good that was in him, he realized that there was no good in him and that he was a slave to sin. And when he heard that phrase in our epistle lesson, the righteousness of God, he realized that that was not something you worked for, but something God was doing for you. Forgiveness is a gift given freely through faith. And in Luther's fear and despair, he finally heard that the law, no matter how holy and good and just it is, cannot save you. It can only silence you by showing you that you're already accountable to God. But the good news that propelled the Reformation, that should propel us, is that God's has declared the unrighteous to be righteous. God justifies the ungodly. We have God's favor, not because we're faithful. We have God's favor because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. That's it. Nothing else. God justifies the ungodly. 
Case dismissed, all charges dropped. He declares the sinners forgiven and acceptable because of Jesus. All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. And they're justified now by God's grace through faith. That's not earned. That's a gift. Freely given because Jesus' blood has bought your redemption. In Jesus, you are free. You're free from guilt. Free from condemnation. Free from the consequences of sin by the blood of Christ. You're justified, pardoned, forgiven. And because of that, you can look forward boldly to the day of judgment and cry, who will bring any charge against me? Who is to condemn? God is the one who's justified me. You are free from the power of sin by the undeserved, unearned mercy of Jesus Christ. Sin is no longer your master. Through the word, you're renewed, converted, sanctified. You put to death sin in your life. You're no longer led captive to sin. Freedom like that, freedom like this, is enjoyed by anyone who clings to Christ by faith, who commit themselves to Him. In Christ, we are free. Freedom like this is our portion forevermore. Death cannot stop it. The grave will not hold it. Those whom Christ makes free are free for all eternity. Why? Why are you free? You're free because we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. That, dear brothers and sisters, that's your blood-bought freedom. Treasure it. Abide in it. Continue in it. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to to having you with us again next time.